we have come this weekend to the final installment of our four-week series looking at Bishop Robert Barron's book called This Is My Body. This is a book that the bishops of the church recommend for what we are doing now, Eucharistic revival in the church. Because to this day, there are still faithful Catholics who either do not believe that Jesus is really present in the Eucharist or have just not ever worried about it, about how Jesus is present. So we've been looking the last three Sundays and now today at how Bishop Barron talks about Holy Communion from four different angles. The first of our uh, lessons, I guess, uh, talked about the Holy Eucharist as a sacred meal and how sacred meals have been around throughout time, but that this one is the most sacred of all meals because the host at this meal is God and he gives us at this meal himself. The second week we looked at uh, Holy Communion as a sacrifice and indeed, the world has had from the very beginning sacrificial offerings given uh, to try to gain favor from either uh, a god or from the gods or from the heavens. But that this sacrifice is the most holy sacrifice of all because the holy sacrifice of the Mass is Jesus, his own body being broken for us his own blood being spilled for us. And last week and now today, we're looking at the last uh, chapter in the book about this is the meal where Jesus is really substantially present in the meal and that we, we feed on him. And he is the medicine for immortality. He is the bread of angels. He is the eternal life that comes into us and eternalizes us. As some have said, we take Christ into us and he Christifies us. And so as we look at it today, I'm, I'm going to do like I've done the last three times and start with a story that I hope illustrates because we're going to be looking at how Jesus is present and what it means to us because it means everything to us. And if we don't know that he's there, it means nothing to us, basically. About, oh, it's the middle of last week, I had lunch with a very dear old friend of mine who was a lay leader in one of my early parishes a long time ago, 30 years ago. And uh, he was at the church when the bishop sent me there and um, I've got to tell you that, uh, that we haven't really kept in contact, but he's a dear friend. And that church, of all the churches I have been part of, had the most horrifying, devastating, evil attacks from Satan. Devastating. The attacks swept through the congregation 
involved outside forces coming in, trying to kill the church, which is what Satan wants to do. It was, uh, and I didn't know that. My bishop, though, called me and said, you need to know something about that church. And he warned me about the presence of evil. But then he said, and I want you there. So, when I had lunch with my friend, we didn't talk about any of the, the demonic stuff that happened. The details really aren't important. The only thing that is important is Jesus. Period. Jesus. When Jesus is Lord of the church and alive in the, in the hearts of His people, none of those demonic things matter. They can't touch us because they can't touch Him. But when, when I got there, we, and he was just telling me, he said, Father Steve, you just said the same thing over and over. He said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray early in the morning and read Scripture together. We're going to pray in the middle of the morning. We're going to pray at noon. We're going to pray in the afternoon. We're going to pray in the evening. We're going to pray at midnight. We're going to come together and we're going to pray in adoration of the Lord who is our Savior and our King. Yes, there was a murder. There was the most horrifying sexual abuse imaginable. There were unexplained deaths. A very sudden death of the interim pastor that happened right before I got there. People were battered and bruised by this. This was their church. And the evil one wanted to take it down. It's what he always wants to do. That's why I recommend keep the name of Jesus on your lips and in your mind and in your heart all the time. That's the name that is above every name. And so we prayed and we sang and we prayed some more. We went to adoration. We did week-long prayer vigils where we prayed for the entire week, 168 straight hours. We did that during Holy Week. We did it during the week of All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day. We prayed. We wore out the carpets. Because that's what we do. We have a God who loves us so much that He doesn't want us to perish. That is what this book is about. That is what the Holy Eucharist is all about. This is God's rescue mission for us. Now, that church changed dramatically. Uh, my friend and I talked about the miracles that happened. Flowing miracles over and over. Restoration. Uh, uh, people being delivered from horrible addictions. Uh, our attendance doubled. Our budget doubled. Our outreach doubled. And we started six satellite remote locations for the church to meet during the week. Six of them. People were encountering the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. So people can encounter Him. And we take part in His rescue mission. Jesus is not going to let one of you perish for eternity. He's doing everything He can, first of all, to grab your attention 
let you know that He is real. That what we do here has power to change everything in our lives and in the lives of those around us. You see, as we've learned through Bishop Barron's book, uh, and those of you who have read Scripture know that the, the, the earth got way off kilter at the beginning. You know, the first humans that God created uh, decided that they knew better than God, and so they let human pride lead them into disobeying God. And we realized, as we read through Bishop Barron's book, that God took a great risk in creating us. He gave us the freedom. Oh, we celebrate our freedom, don't we? We're free to make our own choices, our moral choices. God has made us free agents of that. And we know that God created us in a way where we can knowingly and willingly reject Him. We can turn to the Lord and say, nope, I don't want any part of you. And He lets that stand for a minute. And then He keeps reaching out for it. He's not going to let you go. I tell people all the time, just because you've let go of God doesn't mean He's let go of you. Just because you've forgotten Him doesn't mean He's forgotten you. That's what His rescue mission is about. One generation removed from Adam and Eve's horrible sin, their son Cain struck down and killed his brother Abel. One generation between a sin of pride and disobedience and murder, which is Satan's will. He wants us to destroy ourselves and destroy each other. But we don't have to listen to him because Jesus is Lord of our lives whether we acknowledge him or not, he still is. We don't have the power to say Jesus isn't really God. Oh, we can say it, but it's meaningless. He is God and our Lord. Bishop Barron talks in this uh, uh, last chapter about in the very beginning when God created everything, he spoke his word. The first verse of the, of the Hebrew Bible Bereshit bara Elohim, hait ha-shemaim, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God spoke and said, let there be light. Let there be stars and sun and moon and fish, let there be birds, let there be creatures, let there be humans created. God's Word speaks power. And His Word accomplishes what He says. When God speaks, it happens. Well, look at Jesus. When Jesus was uh, at the tomb of Lazarus, his closest, one of his closest friends. Lazarus had been dead four days. And Jesus said, roll the stone away. Lazarus, come forth. And he did. When Jesus speaks, it happens. When he was on the boat on the sea, the storm that was swamping it, and the apostles thought they were going to die, Jesus stood and said, be still quiet, and the storm stopped. Because when He speaks, He creates. It happens. 
at the table, the Last Supper, the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread at the Passover meal and said, take this all of you and eat of it. This is my body. And it is. It happened. Drink this all of you. This is my blood. And it is. His word speaks power into creation. He speaks power into your life. When you take him into you at Mass, you are taking in the most powerful force in the universe, in you. Well, Father Steve, I don't, I don't ever see it that way in me. That's your problem, not God's. If we don't tap into that by doing two things, believing and trusting. Believe that Jesus is who He says He is, that what He says at this table happens, and then trust Him to do His part. And what is His part? Eternal life in Him. Forgiveness of your sins, wiping them away, washing them away. He gives us the sacraments, not just the Eucharist today, the baptisms that we'll be doing in just a few minutes. We all take part in that because in all the sacraments, the divine life of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is dispensed to us. And in the Eucharist, in a singular way, He is bodily, essentially present. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Bishop Barron talks a lot about how in the, in the 13th century when the church started using the word under Pope Innocent III, transubstantiation, following the, the philosophical model that Aristotle came up with in the Grecian world in the 300s B.C., that everything that exists has a substance that is what it really is, and the accidents of appearance, taste, shape, and all of that. Uh, Bishop Barron rightly says, those words really have lost power for us today, so look at it this way. Jesus is bodily present. And the appearances remain. When we see the bread, we don't see, though some have, I challenge you to go on the internet and look for uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, one of the latest soon-to-be saints of the church, a 15-year-old young man who came up with all the, the, the internet website, with all the Eucharistic miracles, and go look where hosts are bleeding all over the world. Yes, there are miracles happening. We don't always see that, but He is there and He is present. Because the word he speaks here has power in it to save us, to lift us up, so that when we believe in him and trust in him and receive him in this sacrament, we are part of his rescue mission. And we can have access to his power and his glory. You see, I, I believed back then at that church I was telling you about and I told them this. I still believe this today with all my heart. God's storehouse of power is not empty. His treasure house of blessings and mercies is not empty. 
They are overflowing His power, His mercies, His blessings, His virtues. He showers us with them when we believe and trust. And ask. When Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive, He meant it. Ask for Him. Ask for His spiritual gifts. Too many people have tried to, to ask for a new truck. He said, no, write that letter to Santa Claus. Jesus already knows what you need. And He knows how much you need of it. And He knows when you need it. He knows our needs before we ask. But we still ask. When we prayed for a solid <laughs> three months at my parish, my third parish, we kept praying. And we weren't going to stop. As a matter of fact, we didn't stop. And I hope that our study on the, the real presence of Jesus in the Mass never stops either. I hope we continue challenging ourselves to believe it. Don't be like those phony disciples in John chapter 6 when Jesus started telling them, my flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. Eat of me and live. Drink of me and live. And those phony disciples said, nope, don't believe it. That's a hard saying. And he lost most of his church because of that. And he goes to Peter and says, Peter, are you going to leave me too? Don't leave him. He's not going to leave you. And he said, Peter said to him, Lord, where would we go? You are the one that have the words of eternal life. And we have come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Know that he's already in you. Already right now. He walked through the door with you when you came in. When you walk out, he's going to go with you. There's nowhere you're going to go today and leave him behind. He already knows. And when you get there, he's there too. So he precedes you there. He goes with you there. And he's there when you get there. So in a very real sense, our lives are all about Him and not about the loud noises and the barking demons who are trying to get our attention. Because the One who gave His life for us has already defeated all of them. And so we trust Him, we obey Him, we walk in His path. And when we take part in a beautiful liturgy like baptism, we could hear the angels sing. And the last line in Bishop Barron's book is said, if you believe all of this, if you believe it, get ready for eternal life.